a listener production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen Able, it's our podcast about normalising and showcasing disability. It's a different way to put it, isn't it? It is showcasing just the true self and the lives of people, which we love sharing in an unedited way so people can get their voice across. Uh, Recently on our socials, on our Instagram, we had a video going up where I said that we struggle with our episodes of censoring them because we understand parents want their kids to learn along with them about disability, um, but sometimes they think some of the content might not be so great for the sensitive ears. I listened to the many, like nearly 100 comments underneath that Instagram post. And I think what we're going to do going forward is just give a little bit of a forewarning of a question that some parents might find a little sensitive for ears. So the bowl of uncomfortable towards the very end of this podcast, you might just want to chuck on mute, put the volume down for about three minutes. Max. I mean, but then listen to and yourself. And then come back up. After because it's great gear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to miss out on it. It's a really interesting moment and a very honest moment from our next guest. Hey guys, thanks for having me today. Um, my name is Alex Noble and I'm 18, turning 19, and a young male, first year of university, loves a bit of footy, and yeah, it's pretty much all me. Now this Love is a bit the, of the party. Hang on, before we get into the party and the disability, when you say footy, what are we talking? What kind of footy? Oh, I played touch footy, rugby union, rugby league. Mm, the wrong kind, rugby if you league. ask us. Yeah, you know you're I mean? a New South Wales boy, obviously, or Queensland. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And, uh, what are you thinking, AFL? Yeah, yeah we're AFL vlogs, that's Gold's for sure. Um, Alex, what's your disability? So I'm a C4-5 quadriplegic. Um, I broke my neck playing rugby union sevens uh, in 2018. So I'm incomplete C4-5 quadriplegic. So I have a bit of movement from my shoulders down, a bit of movement in my legs, or so a tiny bit. And yeah, in my arms a little bit here and there. So you're still a fan of the sport that put you in a wheelchair? Yes, definitely. Okay. Good to hear, actually. I love that. Was there times when you weren't? Um, I think the first couple of games back after my injury, I started watching. I still loved it, but it was just hard or not harder to watch. Just every time someone got tackled, I was like, ooh. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit more used to it now. It's, um, it's interesting because was it more difficult to watch the game that you should have been playing or would have been playing in rather than watching the NRL on Fox Sports or anything? Um, I think watching my brothers play and my mates play. I'm a bit more worried, like I'm on the um, sideline and every time someone gets tackled, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a bit mm, yeah. And there's so many tackles that are so much worse than mine and I'm like, how do you not get injured there? Yeah, it's yeah. a game of inches literally when it comes to the damage you can do to your spinal literally, cord yes. apparently. Nice line. Thank guys. you very much. That's some good content by you. Yeah. <laughs> now, Alex, we're going to talk about the day that you had an accident and what that meant for you. But before that, were you any good? How would you get into sport? Or what kind of kid were you as well? Um, I was definitely an athletic kid who was very dedicated to sport. My whole life was pretty much sport. Like I didn't do anything other than sport. I played rugby my whole life. I played soccer when I was younger, like five years old to about 10. And then mum finally let me play f- rugby union when I was 10. So take us to the day that you played rugby for the last time. Able-bodied rugby for the last time. Good point. Could be still hey. a chance. So it was uh, Sunday morning, normal Sunday morning, and I was on my L's, got in the car, to go drive to New South Wales Sevens training, which was at Knox College. It was about like eight o'clock in the morning. Um, we started training probably 8.30. And then about halfway through the training session, we started playing 
an opposed session, so seven v seven, just against a friendly against our team. And I had the rugby ball in my hand, and I kind of tried to goose step the opposition and get around him. So a goose while step. Palming What's him. a goose step for people that don't know? It's like a step, but you pretty much slow your acceleration down and then quickly accelerate again. So you kind of it's like faking someone out. It's yeah. a fake out. Yeah, mate, you nailed it. Perfect uh, yeah. explanation. And while I was doing that, I tried to palm him. And as I did that, he grabbed my arm and pulled me straight down, which kind of flipped me over onto my head. And then I'm not sure what happened from there. I think my head, body went over my head or something. And then, yeah, I just lied on the floor and couldn't move anything at all other than my eyes pretty much. What's going through your head, man? The first thing I thought, because I had I was in year ten and I was trialing for opens rugby at Riverview, so which is like eleven in year twelve, and the first thing I, and there was trials the next day on the Monday, like a fitness test, and the first thing I thought to myself was, am I going to be able to train tomorrow? Yeah, because I've been training my whole life for that pretty much that moment. So that was my first thought, and then I don't think I realized the extent of the injury when it happened, but I think the trainers did. I was just so confused because I couldn't feel anything. Like I thought my leg was in the air, but then it was laying down in front of me. And then I thought my arms was like above my head, but then I saw with my eyes, it was like beside me. I'm like, something's going wrong here. Mm. I was just so confused. It's so funny. The first thing that comes into your head, I I had an accident in 2012 for the London Paralympics where I was holding a glass in my hand and somebody picked me up, up the back of my chair and I, landed on the glass and I severed my ulnar nerve, tendon and artery in my hand. That's why I played tennis in the quarter classification because half my hand doesn't work. And first thing I thought was, oh, what about training tomorrow? And the guy's like, mm, probably would have thought, hey, I'm going to bleed out and die here because that's <laughs> what was happening. But I just, yeah. you just don't even think like when you have a big accident like that, it, I think it hits you so quickly. C- can you remember what it was like when you, like when did you start to come to terms with what might have actually happened to you? I think even during ICU, I was in intensive care for eight days. And I think even still then I was just confused. When I look back, it was all a blur. I don't know if it was the drugs or something like that, but I'm pretty sure mainly when I started doing physio, I think, um, at North Shore Hospital in like the spinal unit, I think that's when I realised that, yeah, this could be permanent, eh? And now I've come to terms with it. For a guy who's maybe setting his sights on a career in sport, is that a process to mentally overcome? I mean, obviously you've got so many physical battles that you're about to face, but how are your mental ones? Initially, I had so many, well, every year. So my whole life I was desperate, like trying to, my whole life was focused on playing sport in the future, playing rugby, being an NRL star or whatever. And then that literally all got taken away from me. And then... Yeah, I thought my life had like crumbled to be honest, but I saw the support surrounding me. Like I got so many, so much love surrounding me that came to hospital like every day, brought me food. And um, I thought I'll just have to, I can't let this define me now. I'm going to have to dominate the world somehow else Mm. and be the best of me in another way. So I think I did very well to adapt to the situation and shift my focus from like physical to mental and like apply myself and my studies. So I pretty much pivoted all my focus to a different direction really well, I think. 
there's someone else who has affected a part of your family, and that's the person who laid that tackle on you. Have you ever had a conversation with that guy? Because I'm sure after the accident, finding out the diagnosis that you're a quadriplegic, he would have been pretty distraught himself, I imagine, or maybe that's not the case. Yeah, I've talked to him um, a couple of times. He brought me a hash brown when I was at um, it's a good piece North gift. Shore. So, yeah, it couldn't okay. be a better gift, to be honest. Up yeah, so, so we're pretty 2021 now, Olive Branch. Yep. yep. But no, yeah, I feel bad for him. Like it was not his fault at all whatsoever. The tackle wasn't even bad, but yeah, so both of our lives will probably change forever. But mm. yeah. I, I just I wonder if he would ever hit a tackle as hard as he ever would, whether you would continue playing rugby. Does he still play rugby? Uh, I think so, yes. I just wonder. I don't think I could ever well, hit a tackle as it's hard as I'm um there was the cricketer, Phil Hughes, who passed away while he yeah. was playing and the guy bowling at him with his mate, Sean Abbott, I believe, and he still plays, which is good, I think, because mm. obviously it wasn't, it's a freak accident, wasn't yeah. intentional. Yeah. Freak accident. Do you want to yeah. have, have a beer with that guy or, would you, or do you just move, move on with your new life? Like I don't not like him. It's just yeah. I think it will be very awkward. Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Um, well, he's, guess what? He's here today with us. No, no, he's not actually. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> 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 I was just going to say one thing. Come if you said your age at the start. Eighteen. But we're talking. You- we're talking like this is ten years ago. This was like two years ago. Yeah, Man. I remember you sent me. A- you sent me a video. I know. I was watching that video before I came in. It's very nice of you. To- you put it on social media. You didn't have to do that. That was just a little <laughs> message that I sent you. And I remember I was actually going through your Instagram man at. I fight, you fight. I want to know what that means first. Better watch out, Angus. Almost got as many followers as you. Hmm. But one thing that I love about your Instagram, which I want to touch on now before we figure out what, find out what that means, is man, you smash your rehab. Is that was that on purpose? And can you talk about what were some of the things that you did? Well, I was in ICU. I th- I knew it was going to be a long road. Like I knew something terrible happened to me, and it's going to be a long road to recover. So. I didn't really set big goals in the future, whereas I set small goals, which will hopefully those goals will accumulate and bring me to that greater goal. But if I looked at the big goal in the future, I would, would have been overwhelmed and I would, would never have made it. So I kind of put just small goals, like slowly working towards just gym one or two times a day, physio every day, and just train as hard as I could there. And then the next day, do it again and just be persistent with it train as hard as I could so I could be the best I could, I guess. Mm. Was there any sort of hope that you would get some sort of more mobility back in working harder in the gym well, to try and do your physio? Well, it looks like you have, bro. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure the doctor said like, well, C4, you have no biceps, I don't believe. Yeah, can you actually explain um, that? Because I, I didn't want to bring that up because you were rolling through. I don't know, is C1 the very top of my spine that goes down in like a numbered order? Yeah, so it starts at C1 and it goes down to C7 and then it goes into T's, I believe. Correct. To T12 and then L1, L2. I believe he sure. knows his spine. That's exactly right. Is that the lumbar? <laughs> lumbar. So hey. the C is cervical, C thoracic, L is the is the lumbar. Um, so I'm like a T5, T6 is where my injury Yep. Um, which starts. is below your nipples. Yeah, pretty much. I've got a thing like a cord of Cyrix in my spinal cord, which is like a pat, patch of fluid. That's my first damage. And then... I'm a weird unit because my tumor Amen. grew from all, into T and L. So I'm like all down there. Does that make sense? Right. So it's all messed up. Yep. Weird unit because of my back and just a, a, a human. And, and a human as yep. well. And so uh, for you, C4, 5, that's pretty high up. Maybe like, is that neck ish down? Like, you know, Adam's yeah. apple down? Something like that? Yeah, about Adam's apple. Yeah. Wow. So I got like a scar from like in my, like 
hair mm. down toward down like to the, my sh- nearly my shoulder blades. So yeah, it's pretty high up. Pretty sure C C one's like no diaphragm as well as C two. C three's nothing but shoulders. C four, uh, pretty sure just shoulders as well. Yeah, with a tiny traps. bit of others, yeah. And then C five is when you get a bit of biceps. And yeah, that's what I have, set a bit of biceps, but my left one's actually pretty strong. My right one's not so strong. And yeah, it's literally, literally inches makes your life so different. Mm, if I yeah. was one inch up, I would not be able to move my arms at all. And if I was one inch down, I'd have so much more. Is, one, is your left um, left bicep bigger like Rafael Nadal style? Like he only does bicep curls on one side? Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't do that rehab initially, right, you're, it's so hard to get it back. Is that right? Yeah, I think as soon as you have your injury, the aim or the doctors and the physios told me the sooner you get back into it and the quicker the recovery or the greater your recovery will be. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, I may as well just get nuts now. Yeah. And then I kind of haven't stopped. I've just been keep going. And you can see how hard it is for people, right, that have an accident. Your life's turned upside down. And then if they suck it for a while, you've missed your moment to do your rehab. You know yeah, make, is that yeah. rude to say if you suck it for a while? No, no that's what I'm saying. It, could you imagine how hard it is for people? So you're, See, I wouldn't, you know, I want to grieve what my body, life used to be. But if you, you know, like you're not, you don't have time because if you grieve, okay, you lose that window, window yeah. that you get to rehab, right? And that's why rehab centers are so hard, hard places, man. I mean, it was so refreshing to hear you say it's a mental battle, right? Because if you can mentally get yourself out of bed every day to do that, it really benefits your life in the in the long term. Yeah, 100%. And I think you have to shift from physical because you've lost all your um, muscles, so you've got to shift to mental. I believe, I reckon being mentally strong is way more powerful than being physically strong anyways. So you've, um, you're have you getting this moving back. You've, you hit your window hard, and you can see that on your Instagram as well. But you're 18 years old. You probably had ideas of, you know, you, you're studying uni but moving out of home and stuff like that. You would be, I imagine I'm asking a question as an able-bodied guy, like, is there a daily reminder of your disability um, and a, another obstacle to overcome mentally? Because you might see your mates that finally get approved for a rental and you're probably going to have to stay with mum and dad for a little longer, stuff like that. I try not to compare myself to other people mm-hmm. um, and just focus on what I can do and what I can change because if I can't change something, there's no point focusing on it really. So Great advice. I just ignore it and be the best I can. What about... Um, Independence? Are you are you fully independent, semi independent? What's how are you, how are you cruising around? No, I still require a lot of care. So I have a carer that comes in the morning, helps get me up, and then also at night time. Night time's really quick, just getting into bed. Yep. And then I can function like a laptop and everything by myself. I can eat by myself. I can brush my teeth by myself. But there's still other things like getting food out of the fridge I struggle with, and all those little things. But my main goal, one of my main goals was to achieve greater independence um, straight from the start and still ongoing. So, yeah. Good on your bros. Electric wheelchair? I do have electric wheelchair, but I haven't been in that for like nine months. Mate, he's rolling the manual, baby, which I'm impressed about, mm. bro. I saw you yeah, cruising Power chair's good, good creation, but yeah, I just hate it. Fair call. People say to me, why wouldn't you use a power chair? And I'm like, because I would be so fat. 
<laughs> imagine yeah. you know, if we weren't exercising and things like that. You know, obviously for people that need them. They, but if you have the opportunity to manual, I think a lot of people like to try mm -hmm. at Definitely. least. How's your how'd your mates react, brother, when when you had your accident? Oh, they were awesome. Like I wouldn't be who I am or where I am today without my mates and family. Obviously, some left. Like some I'm not friends with anymore. But I think I'm growing closer to a lot more, which is more important. And yeah, they've just been heaps supportive taking me up millions of flights of stairs, helping me get out and about the places, going to parties. I'm not just a party man, by the way. Like, <laughs> you, sound like you sound like you're a party man. You're 18 years old. You're allowed to have a beer, man. Yeah, I'm 18. <laughs> but um, yeah, I try to stuff the drink, but I still go to parties sober, which is good. Yeah. For people who might be listening, who've got a friend who's had an accident or maybe in the future they're going to have an accident. Like for one, I know how to do CPR in the hope I never have to use it. But the point of it is if someone's listening right now and they can learn something about being a supportive friend, what for you personally was it that made you have this reaction when we asked you about your mates? You just, you light up a little bit because they were so good. What was it? What were they doing to really get around you? They didn't change the way they looked at me. A lot of people like lost confidence when talking to me and when, I don't know, when hanging out. But a lot of my mates just acted like nothing changed pretty much and when I acted like nothing changed, it felt like I was still normal or able, um, which made it so much easier for me. And we're just having a blast. That's really important because some people don't know what to do. So what the, what do they do? Nothing. Nothing, yeah. Hey, your Instagram is I fight, you fight, at I fight, you fight. Tell me what that means. I was in ICU and it was probably like the third or fourth day and I was lying there just staring at the roof. And Zach, well, my whole family was with me. Oh, it might have just been my brother, Zach. And when I got injured, he was going through HSC and he was really struggling with like just not trying anymore because he couldn't focus and he didn't want to do his exams. And then I was just kind of lying there and, didn't, and I just said, Zach, if I fight, you fight. And then from there, I've just been fighting, like just training as hard as I can and he kind of reacted. And then I've been fighting and then the whole community around me, my family and friends, they help me so much and support me. So it's kind of like an interrelationship. We both, I fight, you've, they fight, and they fight, I fight kind of thing. You know? mm. What do you want this to be? It's got mad foundation charity vibes about it. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue like it's a, it's a community thing. What was the response from people when you, t when you tell that story? Um, I think they agree with it because that's how they feel as well. It's literally like a relationship. Hopefully in the future start like a, maybe a charity or – um, but yeah, we're working on developing that at the moment. Hey, are you, you, obviously the accident changed your life. Are you a better person after the accident or before? How have you changed? Definitely after. You can ask my mum. <laughs> what, what does she say? What does she say about it? Like I was definitely an arrogant kid when I, before my accident, who I just thought life resolved around me and I thought I was better than everyone else. But now like my, my perception on the world has changed so much and, now I think I'm a pretty good bloke. I think it's pretty bloke. funny. It's funny how that happens. You just got you got a you got a shock class in it because it it does happen to everyone. I think you look back on the person you were in your you know younger days. For me, it's looking back on Facebook memories when they go ten years ago, and it's got a status of me going, you know, got Kings of Leon tickets in Brisbane. Any single ladies want to come chill or something <laughs> stupid? I'm like, who is this guy? That is the it's best status the most, I've ever. Literally, <laughs> one was. It was like, no, single ladies only applies, oh. what I wrote. It was. It Anybody was, want to get some sex on fire? Oh, blah, blah, blah. 
but anyway, I, I, I can understand you kind of look, I look back on the person I was in my twenties. I'm a bit embarrassed by who that person was because now, you know, I've got a young child, I'm a bit more compassionate, family orientated. Uh, I think you just kind of got maybe a shock class in it. Do you think? Um, I think I'm, it's like I grew a skill of reading the world way better and like different point of view. Yeah. I literally just view the world so differently now. Mm. Like I was never grateful for anything. I just thought I didn't realize how blessed I was. Like if I was to go back now with the mentality I have now, I'd be like the happiest man in the world. Are but, you still are you still blessed though? Even though you're disabled? Oh yeah. Bloody oath. Yeah. Why do you say that? I have so like I can tell you all the things I'm grateful for. Do it. How long does this thing go for? <laughs> Give us a few. What are the big things? What's, oh, what's the head cha- the changes? What are you grateful well, for? Well, definitely the main ones would just be family and friends. Um, just being there for me through thick and thin. And they, I can tell them anything. They'll do anything for me. The house I live in, it's all we're able to get a house that was flat, put a lift in so I can go up and down. Wait, they More. retro. Wait, you got a new house with an elevator or they put an elevator in your existing house? We bought a new, we sold our old house, which is across the road. <laughs> bought this uh, bought this house on the other side of the road. And then Andy Ice helped us put a lift in. Great. That's huge. That's good. Massive. Awesome. Yeah. And the suburb we live in, there's nothing going on outside. There's no natural disasters. There's no conflict. I love it, HH. It's like you, you would never have thought of those no. things, would you? I don't think that yeah, things, yeah. And you don't, yeah. No. But it changes your mindset when, when, you, mm. when your life changes, you know? You did say, though, if you could take this mindset and go back to the day, you know, the Saturday before you played footy, that would be you know, amazing. Does that mean that, you know, as grateful as you are for the situation and the mindset you have, you do wish away your disability if you had the opportunity? Well, if I could take my mentality with me right now, mm. yes. But if I went back into my old body, I wouldn't go back. And I think man, my mindset was just, I didn't really have, have, have much empathy for people and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, if I could take my mentality right now and into my old body, then bloody oath, I'd do that. Impressive though, bro. You're two years post-accident. You're only 18 years old. You sound about 28 years old. Mm. And for you to already think that is very very, very impressive, man. I hope you realize that because that takes people with disability or not dis- able-bodied people who aren't happy with their lives forever. Everybody always wants the, the grass is greener option. So mature, impressive answer by you. Mm. Thank you. With more research and awareness as well that goes into CTE, for people who might not know what that is as well, uh, you might have seen Concussion, the movie with Will Smith. Uh, it's basically um, progressive and fatal brain disease from repetition of hits. Uh do you think more needs to be done about the prevention of accidents in the sport now that you're on this side of the fence? I think there's definitely been a lot of improvements, obviously, with keeping safety in sports, especially rugby. And I think they're doing a pretty good job now. I wouldn't say there needs to be any more. Um, there probably could be some specific stuff still, like developing something like with head injuries. But I think they've been very precautionous, like, the HIA and making sure obviously heaps more penalties now. Some would say the game's getting too soft, I reckon. But mm. yeah, I think they're doing a good job. Okay. You are a good looking rooster as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you find it tough going from, you know, what would probably you know, on the outside you could describe as the you know, the good looking jock who played sport and was incredibly skilled and was destined for great things within, you know, rugby. Um, and probably did quite well with ladies. Are you still around two years down the track relationships with females and being comfortable within your own body to express yourself romantically? Oh, it's definitely much harder now and I still try and have a crack. 
You should see, uh, obviously, the little smile on your face when you say that. But, mate, you are, and I'm not, we're not just being dickheads. You are a good looking unit. Uh, Are you finding that confidence is coming back slowly? I'm definitely less confident than before just because I know, um, from like the girls' point of view, it'd be so much harder and difficult for them. So, I mean, would it? Everyone looks at Mansion Tell and thinks, he would be no good or what's going on there. So, I think that. Yeah, see? And it's fair enough. I mean, so there is an element, <laughs> and I'm here to dispel that rumor for you personally, you know, because everybody can have sex in any way they can have sex, you know, and you might think people would want it the way Angus does it, but you'd be surprised as long as you can feel confident that you, you know? don't want it the way I do it, mate. Mate, you made a baby. You must be doing something right. Yeah. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> so how do you reckon, what, so what do you reckon is the plan? Are you, are you still like going to get back into dating pretty soon or are you just going to take it take by you? Um, yeah, I think I'd definitely love to get a girlfriend. Right yeah. now. Um, Mate, this is a great platform to put that out in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, hopefully ladies listen to me. Nah. <laughs> oh, this podcast did actually contribute to some love, actually. Our good friend Heath Davidson uh, had someone listen no and then they DM'd him and then now he's been saying something. No way. Oh, really? There you go. That is an update. Yeah. Might have to read my DMs more. Yeah, yeah. Get, in the, uh, get in the friend request. I fight, you fight. There you go, baby. <laughs> but with dating, though, this is a question that I probably had as a bowl of uncomfortable, but I do it. There is one other one that's got sent in. Now, knowing what life is like in a chair, uh, life with a disability, do you think if you educated yourself as, as an able-bodied person, you would be willing to date somebody with a disability if you were able-bodied? If I had a connection and they made me feel like, obviously, if I felt like there was love there and I felt a good connection and I could relate with that person and they made me a better person than 100%. Mm. Do you Reckon- think the um, you know, the old Alex before the accident would have given time to somebody with a disability? Oh, I'd definitely given time to them, 100%. Nice. Yeah. But I didn't really have any interaction, to be honest, mm. with anyone with a disability. You didn't know anybody with a disability pre-accident? Oh, my, my auntie was in a wheelchair for a bit because she had diabetes, but... That was it. Yeah. What did you know about disability? Pre- oh, nothing. Mm. So that made, that makes me think to some people, like about some people, how they would have no idea either. And I get that like with some comments on my Instagram and TikToks or whatever. And then they're just start, such like not stupid questions, but I just realized that some people just know nothing yeah. about disabilities. They're not stupid. Uh, the best description I get them to, they're, they're basic questions. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, really. is that all you think? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not their fault. It's just because they're not exposed. And that's why everybody yeah. needs, needs to listen to listenable podcasts. Well, that's the thing. If someone's already taken the step to listen to this podcast and they're probably exactly. already in the mindset to be welcoming to the idea of learning, yeah. where I think a majority of people just ignorantly aren't. And that's not their fault. That it's got no resources. It's just not yeah. there because if, yeah. if they've got nobody. Until you're directly affected by disability, mm-hmm. I don't think people really and quote-unquote care so much about it because it doesn't interact, you know. Yeah. I agree. Affect their life yep. in some way. Apart from the business side of things, what do you see for your future personally? Do you want to ever move out? Do you want this independence that you talk about? What do you see for yourself in the future, Alex? I think my ideal future would be move out, get a hot missus <laughs> or just a missus, but um, and maybe and a family. Um, go to work, leave the house to go to work, come home night, lava. Hang with my family in the mornings and nights and the weekends, just like normal people. But yeah, the main thing is just getting a job, like a good job that I love, that I'm good at, and then 
after work, just spend time with my family. That's in the long future though. Of course. But in like the short term future, just do the best I can at uni, get the best possible job I can get. It's very funny chatting to you, Alex, because you do speak so well and you do speak well beyond years. And then, and then the I most 18 year old answer. I get a tiny reminder you're 18. I want a missus, hot missus. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. I was about to say the most 18 year old start to that yeah. answer ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you get away I'm talking with about business acumen. Uh, you know, I'm looking at analytics. I want to get a really independent hot missus. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's funny. And you got to shoot for the stars. I love it. I and love you know what? Hey, you have no problem hope- getting a job. Like, I hope you don't. Like, obviously, with that's why I try and do what I do to change that discrimination in the workplace. But, mate. You keep keep studying because you can have no dramas the way that you communicate. Thank you. And speaking of studying, um, obviously your accident happened when you were 16 years old, right in the middle of HSC or what do you call it, ATAR? ATAR these days. HSC, ATAR yeah, these whatever. days. Um, you went back to school. How quickly did you return to school post-accident? Um, pretty quickly because my mum, she pushed it right from the start. Hmm. Hmm. I'm very thankful now that she did. So I think I got injured in October 2018. And then I was back at school in 2019 part-time. And I think by the end of 2019, I was back doing six periods a day. Good. Oh, really impressive. It's cra- it, it, yeah. is, it is interesting how like some people with disability, it's like Ben Pettengill, one of our first episodes. He went back the next day, wasn't it? Well, I went, Alex, he fell asleep, w- woke up the next morning and he was blind. He could see the night before the next day. And then he's like two weeks later. Is yeah, it school or the Monday after? Yeah. And we were like, what? But he goes, it just made him feel normal, which is the same for you, you know? To, to contribute, yeah. Can you remember the first day you went through the school gates for the first time and, and was there anything that felt different or anything you noticed? Did you notice any accessibility problems that obviously you wouldn't have noticed as an able-bodied person? Uh, my school was actually very good. Like the only place in the whole school that I couldn't get to Library. was where me and my mates hang out. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, no. I literally, there's, li- there's like two lifts that get you to every level. Um, You can go... <laughs> to every single spot in the school except... Oh, where are you guys hanging out? Throwing rocks off yeah, the roof? Yeah, so you on the roof or something? Ah, uh, we're on the roof. Uh, <laughs> it was just like these two little steps to get up, so we just chucked a little emergency ramp down. Okay. Perfect. Like, you know those, yeah, just like a portable ramp. Yeah, the ones you get on, like, when there's roadworks on the side like, to get up the curbs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, go but, the cables. Um, the first day back to school, I definitely, it was definitely weird and mm. I was definitely nervous and scared because I thought everyone's going to, like, be looking at me. Everyone, I talked to so many people that day. That's the most people I've talked to in my life, I yeah. think. But yeah, I just thought it'd be so different. But everyone was so good. Like the community just treated me as normal and then it was pretty easy to get back into after that. Great to hear, man. It's time for our bowl of uncomfortable. Now, this is, I'm not oh, sure if no. you've listened. Oh, yes, good. That means you have listened. It's a question that gets sent in to us by somebody who is listening to the podcast. Um, they have a question maybe specifically or general about disability. Um, yours is semi-specific. It's not necessarily directed towards you, but it's directed, I've had it in the bank, for someone who is quadriplegic. So you fit the uh, you fit the bill. What was and what may still be the hardest physical difference going from being able-bodied to quadriplegic? Hand function. Mm. Really? Hand function, yeah. If I could bring back my legs or my hands, if I only had one option, it would be my hands. Because you have movement in your arms, but what, you no know, grip I have I have biceps. But nothing else. My I've just like a bit of shoulders and yeah. biceps. You can't move your fingers. Yeah, no, no hand function. I can't grasp anything. I have no wrists either. So mm. yeah, just like picking up like these cashews next to me. So to pick them up, I'll be bat- I'll be battling. 
It's a bummer you lose your triceps before biceps because you actually biceps don't really do much, but triceps means you can transfer, like do a dip to oh, get from right. one seat to another. So they're really important and obviously hands. So I can see where, it, I, I mean, I am lucky that I've, you know, good use of my hands. One of them's a bit stuffed up from that accident, but you know, my, I don't, I don't miss my legs at all. You know, I think legs are overrated. Can I ask a really personal question, Alex? And you don't have to necessarily answer this and we can edit it out. Don't worry. When I was 18 years old, I was very unlucky in love and I would have to do uh, that for myself. How do you go with having young man's urges and not necessarily being able to do anything about it? Well, I can, in bed, I can do it. Or kind of, like I can't grasp, but lucky enough, my fingers kind of curl up a little bit. Okay. So it's kind of like a grasping motion, but um. Yeah, I can do it a little bit, but I can't finish. Yeah. Mm. I don't think. But apparently you can with some device, but I don't have the device. But, yeah, so I can kind of at, with an extent to it, but, yeah, it's not as good as before, obviously, but it uh, does a job. Yeah, you can get, like, um, vibrating things that help you ejaculate when you're a para or quadriplegic. I think that's what Alex is talking about. Or at I fight, you fight. Oh, Jesus. Some- <laughs> <laughs> that is the most worst oh. DM slide ever. A date? Get, no, no, like, you know, come in the bed. Get, no, but I'm saying, get it going. Well, well, if you know Biggest about- Biggest wingman ever. I'm wingman <laughs> and my boy, all right? If you if you know that much about it then, have you, do you know if, you know, you talked about a family down the track? That is something that you can have. Did you ask the doctors if if, if, if it's a future for me? Yeah, well, most, most quads and paras still can. Uh, I haven't like got it checked or anything, but I would get it checked. Yeah, yeah. you can always IVF it in that. Is a yeah. way like, if I had a, if I had a misses, that would happen. Yeah. yeah, but I just thought I thought because you know that you talk about using it or losing it, and it's like, does that just go away? Like, no, it stays. You know, no, 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 stays. No, no. So you still keep producing. Yeah, you still you keep producing. I guess that's more of a biological question yeah. than it is a. That's a good, question. Well, uncomfortable question. That was a yeah, really yeah. good chat. That's, there you go. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thanks very much for uh, coming on to our show. We really do appreciate it. And uh, you actually were nominated four or five times um, from people that uh, – one person who went to one of your talks, the one that you have photos of on your website, very flashy website, by the way, um, and three people who follow you Boy. on Instagram. So the funny thing was they weren't you should chat to. It's like you must. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, we're doing you a favour. Chat to and Alex Noble. We've obviously talked to you for about 40 minutes and obviously you're getting heaps of texts because te- you're just getting some text over here on the side. Who's dropping – Who's texting? Dylan's yeah, pretending nah, that your DMs are already on fire. Yeah, your DMs going Jeez. up already. <laughs> the episode's not even live yet. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of fitties are texting me. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Noble, thank you so much. I fight you fight on Instagram as if we needed to plug it again. Um, if you want to get in contact with Alex, go through his Instagram and he's very, very flashy, great website, mate. Get Thanks on so your much bras, for on keep dominating and keep your mindset, mate. Very impressive. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Alex Noble for being a guest on Listenable. And since recording that a few months ago before Dylan went to Tokyo for the Paralympics, Alex has literally taken some huge steps forward in his progress. If you want to see the incredible progress he's been making in his rehabilitation, you can, of course, go to I Fight You Fight or at Listenable Podcast on Instagram for all the photos and videos on our socials. On the next episode of Listenable, we'll be joined by this guest. Well, hello, I'm uh, Nathan Dasher. I'm a motivational speaker and a social entrepreneur. Okay, well, I have um, Down syndrome, but I'm high-functioning. Okay, well, high-functioning, meaning that I'm more, like, mainstreamed in terms of my 
uh, disability or Down syndrome. And another incredible guest with Down syndrome on the show to share their stories. Until then, take care. Listen Able was presented by Dylan Orcott and Angus O'Loughlin. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Produced by Beth Gibson. We also hire people with disability, including Stephen Tower, who does our captions for YouTube. And our awesome theme song is made by Eliza Hull. Listener.